What's going on, Trophy Kids? We get an awesome one here for you. We are back for the NFL show. We are breaking down every game, giving out our leans, giving out the bets we're actually placing this week, which we've been red hot on recently. And we're talking about some of the biggest NFL news. So buckle up. It's a good one. Let's go. Welcome to Trophy Kids presented by Bad News Media. It is October 28th, and we are back for yet another Wonderful week in the NFL. How are you doing today, good sir? I am doing fantastic today. How are you? I'm doing good. There's a lot of news to cover in the NFL. We're going to go through it like we do every week, go through the board, talk about it from a betting perspective, what we like, what we don't like, what we are betting or what we aren't betting. But I feel like, you know, there's been some big news in the NFL recently. This this is kind of when things start to pick up. You know, we've had a nice lollygagging season so far. Offense has been slow. Now people are wheeling and dealing. And I've got a question for you. At this mm-hmm. point in time, if you're a GM, why are you not automatically sending Howie Roseman to voicemail? Because this man is fleecing teams. Robert Quinn is now an Eagle. All the moves he's made. I don't know why anybody at this point is picking up the phone when they see Howie Roseman giving them a call. He does it every year. I mean, it, it infuriates me because I'm so jealous of what they got up there in Philly. They have a GM who is not afraid to take a risk, not afraid to make his team better. He's not afraid to be aggressive. And yeah, you're right. He routinely is fleecing teams like all the time. And it drives me crazy. And it, it worked. I mean, it's worked before we saw in their Super Bowl run, they bring in like someone like Jay Ajayi, just something small like that. Changes the whole team, and yeah, I mean, if that defense really needed to get any better, I mean, I don't know, but they certainly did. It's crazy. It's It's unreal, and people will point out, well, Robert Quinn isn't having as good of a year this year. He's getting older. All very valid until you start to factor in he received a lot more double teams this year because he's one of the only valuable pieces in that defense line, and he's going to a defensive line that is already loaded. But this was the most staggering thing. I cannot believe what I read from Adam Schefter. Adam Schefter tweeted this out the other day. Even after trading for Robert Quinn today, C.J. Gardner-Johnson last summer, A.J. Brown, and moving up to get Jordan Davis on the draft day, the Eagles are still scheduled to have six picks in 2023, including two in the first round. There's in the Saints pick. What is going on? Unbelievable. I, I mean, how is that possible? I'm, I'm so jealous. I mean, they, they can, if they want to, they can move into the top five of the draft. They have the capital to do it. Two first-rounders ship another one next year. I mean... Unbelievable. I'm, I, it infuriates me. It pisses me off as I just watch my team just be so conservative and just be terrified. And Ron Rivera is more worried about week to week than long term. I just, ugh, yeah, I hate it. Yeah. I mean, it's it, the Eagles, as an Eagles fan, you have to be ecstatic because you look at the NFC, NFC landscape. The only, there isn't really any dominant team right now outside of them. And the two teams that present maybe the largest threat have aging quarterbacks, and they're just fizzling out in the worst possible way, which we'll talk about. And all you are doing is getting better assets. You still have a lot of draft capital. It's unbelievable. Um, Another big shocking development today is uh, Bengals season's over. Uh, Jamar Chase out four to six weeks with a hip, and we are going to finally get a test of Zach Taylor's an idiot. The talent has just been exceeding him theory uh, that I've been rolling with here for the last two two years plus, three years probably, um, at this point, because ah, that is, that's the piece that makes the engine go at this point. That is their biggest asset. He is sort of their bail it out. He's their fuck it, we need a big play kind of guy. And without him, do the Bengals really have a slot or, or a spot to kind of continue moving as they have been? Because they've been getting better the last two weeks. Or do they need to go out and make, a, make an acquisition? Is there anybody out there that maybe comes top of mind to you? I mean, 
it's going to be tough for them, especially because this isn't like a season-ending injury necessarily. So yeah. they may not, you know, but may want to like not make a move because you know, like when he comes back, you know, like you know, you know what I'm saying. Yes. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a it's it's a big blow to their team. You know, obviously they're the best wide receiver trio in the NFL. However. Jamar Chase's health is by far the most important of the three, <laughs> yes. uh, just with his ability, just to stretch the field, just to take attention off of others. So yeah, that's going to be going to be a big loss. Um, obviously, T. Higgins' fantasy stock, you know that that's rising. Um, you know, same with Tyler Boyd. Um, so, but yeah, it's going to be tough. And then you just got to see how is you know Zach Taylor going to react to that, and how is he going to adjust? And that's a concern of itself. It is. There is one player. See, see if you agree with me here that I think is out there that could maybe be a relatively cheap pickup. It's a great point, though. This is not a season-ending injury, so it's not like yeah. let's panic and freak out just yet. But there's a guy that I think if I am the Bengals, I'm at least making an inquiry about because he may be relatively cheap and provide some boost. Brandon Cook's down in Houston. The man does not offer the same skill set as Jamar Chase, but he offers the same ish ability of being able to stretch the field he's in the late part of his career Houston doesn't have a lot going on they might be willing to part with him relatively cheaply I feel like Cooks might be somebody to at least inquire about I don't hate it um obviously Cooks isn't gonna hate it he's used to being shipped all over the (laughs) NFL so I would think he'd hate going to a team like Cincinnati where he could compete be on a competitive team um yeah I wouldn't hate that and then like I mean, we already know you can't have too many skill positions in the NFL. So when Chase comes back, they'll find a way to get everyone on the field. It'll be fine. Yeah. yeah I mean, I don't hate the idea. It, it just depends on cost. Like I said, you're, yeah. you're looking yeah. for a cheap stop gap, if anything, if you're even looking for that at this point. I I think uh, it's not worth a call. There's a couple other guys that might be worth a call. We're seeing mm-hmm. deals. I mean, I expected Robert Quinn to go for a lot more than he did, and he went for a measly fourth-round pick. So, like, who knows what the market might look like, and the Texans might be willing to part given they are in full rebuild um let's talk about some games we'll talk about some other big news as we get to the games thursday night we're not going to break down too much because we are recording this on thursday before the thursday night game but my buccaneers play the ravens lines at one and a half over under 46 and a half and this team is at a breaking point i am too young to be getting an ulcer and i feel like after what i watched on sunday i should have one developing I am convinced at this point Brian Leftwich doesn't know his left from right hand. Uh, that man is incapable of calling anything resembling a somewhat competent offensive game plan. And it's showing because at this point, you know, last year we heard all the rumors about how, oh, Tom Brady and Leftwich would work all week on a game plan and then Bruce would come in there and screw it all up. Well, Bruce is gone. He's no longer affecting that. Tom's had to take a step back. He's off every Wednesday now to hang out with his family that's crumbling. He's taking Fridays off to go to Robert Kraft's wedding. He isn't involved as much in the game plan. It's all on Leftwich. And what have we seen? We have seen an offense that has, for whatever reason, continued to run the ball to spite their face. They are the, la- they are the worst rush defense in the NFL, without a doubt. They have an expected points um, coming off the rush of negative 35, I think I looked up. This team is garbage. And we continue to look to run the ball. Yeah, let me see. It was, yeah, minus 35.99 expected points off the run. Dead last in the NFL, Russia offense. And yet we still continue yeah. to look to run the ball at a higher clips on first down than we did the la- or last season in the last three games. That metric, who do we play the last three games? Teams that had decimated secondaries. The one time we found any rhythm and rhyme last week was when we started to pick it up and be super aggressive on first down and throwing the ball more in the second half. 
We get into the red zone early in the game. We call some dumb plays. Mike Evans has the worst drop I've ever seen in my life. This is the breaking point yeah. at this point. If we this this feels like a must win game because the NF, or oh, NFC yeah. landscape is wide open right now. But if we can't compete against a Baltimore Ravens team that has a decimated secondary right now, really banged up, and we can't throw the ball and move the ball tonight, we're in trouble, folks. Yeah, I mean, you you pretty much said it pretty good. The team can't run the ball at all. Uh, that's a big issue when your quarterback is. I don't even I don't even know old Thomas at this point. Forty three, forty four. I think he's forty four. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's a that's a big issue, um, and just, you're going to give me Baltimore here on plus money. That's kind of what I'm probably going to probably going to lean towards. But the good thing is, it seems like every team in the NFL right now is three and four, and the NFC South is terrible. <laughs> so <laughs> you could be fine. <laughs> that is our saving grace at this point. Is the NFC South is absolutely trash, um, yeah. and we should be fine to make the playoffs. It's getting to the playoffs. It's getting healthy. It's getting Ryan Jensen back. It's just super concerning. The last three games playing, you know, when we played the Steelers, Panthers, yes, last week, two yeah. secondaries that were completely banged up, missing their biggest attributes in the secondary, and yet we still had a higher clip of rushing the ball on first down than we did last season average. We saw an uptick in that. We weren't super aggressive on first down, throwing the ball when Tom Brady has one of the most or one of the highest EPAs on first down throwing the ball um, in the NFL right now. He's still got it. It's just like... To me, it all seems to be on Leftwich at this point because it. I'm not in the building, but I would assume given the, the role Tom Brady has taken this season, not showing up for the first three weeks of training camp, taking Wednesdays off, more taking a step back, he's probably involved less and less with the game plan. You have a defensive-minded head coach in Todd Bowles who wanted to run the ball more. This team can't run the ball more. Like, we just – it's just bad. Like, it just comes down to scheme. Like, Tom can still play. The, Tom is also at fault. I don't want to put it all on Leftwich because – Tom's biggest attribute has always been his mind. He is less focused due to his family just falling apart because he wants to play football. I feel for the guy there. His decision, though. I love Tom. Um, but with him taking a step back, he isn't as involved, it would seem like, with the game planning. He mentally isn't there like he's been all his life. So we need the coaching staff to do their jobs and step up a game plan better. And they're just not. So, you know, this feels like a breaking point. We saw it in the year when we went to the Super Bowl and won. It was that bye week. It was a very... It was a very Line drawn in the sand. We had that bye week. We came back from the bye week. The offense was revitalized. We changed our game plan, used more play action, more two tight end sets, heavy tight end sets, which Tom liked. We attacked the middle of the field. We started to do those things more and more. So it feels like this is kind of our line in the sand. We need to get this game right on Thursday night. I have bet the under, but this could be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. Let's move on. The London Jaguars taking on the Denver Broncos. Line is at two and a half, over under 39 and a half. And our boy Russell Wilson just continues to have a week after week. This man is in the aisles just doing P90X while his team's trying to get a little shut eye. What are we making of this game? And more importantly, <laughs> the continuing saga of Russell Wilson. Like I said last week, I mean, we need a welfare check. I, I think some... <laughs> This guy, I don't mean to talk so terrible about him. There's, I feel like there's people, there's there's doctors in, in big white coats running around looking for Russell Wilson. Right now. I, don't know, I don't know what's going on with this guy. But whatever. Um, he still goes to children's hospitals and stuff, so he's a good guy. Yes. But, um, but probably yeah, a great so we, dad. Good husband, yeah, he, but just a weirdo. Probably, <laughs> he is so weird, dude. He is so weird. Uh, but this game's tough to me just because I, I have so... I've, 
just such a tough time betting on Russell Wilson right now with how he's playing. But I love this Broncos defense so much. And Trevor Lawrence, just it, it, it's not working out for him. And I could just see him really struggling against the secondary. I, I'm leaning Broncos. I, I, this might be, not be a game that I bet on until literally when I wake up Sunday morning. It's 8.30 to bet to, to begin my bets. But right now I'm leaning Broncos just based on that secondary. And Trevor Lawrence is struggling. Um, one thing I am kind of excited about is them shipping off James, James Robinson. It becomes the ETN show. And I think that's that's kind of how it should have been from the start. Um, one thing I'm concerned about, he's, he holds that ball like way out. He's got to tuck that ball a little better. But I'm looking forward to that. But I'm going Broncos, probably. I, I'm glad you brought up the secondary because I feel like that's the part that has been overshadowed yeah. by the Russell Wilson show. This secondary is unreal. Elite of the elite at this standpoint. I think I read today they've only let up one passing touchdown or something between the two corners. Um, unbelievable. Patrick Sertan is playing out of his damn mind. And that is a very good point because if the Jags can't get the running game going, Trevor Lawrence doesn't have a prayer in this game. I've been watching. I'm not, you know, not a body language expert. But from my couch, it does seem like Trevor Lawrence right now lacks that kind of fiery leadership that quarterbacks generally need to get this team teams going because the Jags have been in games but they just they don't feel like they know how to win games yet right now and it comes down to it I can't identify a guy in the sidelines that's really kind of firing them up and leading them and to Trevor Lawrence's I guess maybe credit is he's never had to do that in his career he, you know he was on a great yeah high school team great Clemson team he's having to learn that in the NFL yeah, that's that's an interesting point because he has always seemed like a super chilled, very laid back guy. And I don't know if it's just the flow like that might add to it. <laughs> but Mr. Sunshine over there on the sidelines. Yeah, exactly. He's always seemed so chill and laid back. So yeah, that's that there probably is some truth to that that he really doesn't. He may not, you know, get super fired up and like, you know, lead lead the boys or something. I don't know. Yeah, I, that's kind of a theory that I kind of agree with probably yeah, it's kind of what I'm noticing because we see it with all quarterbacks in the NFL the ones that really win the Peyton Manning's mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers Tom Brady's Patrick Mahomes you know there are moments in the game where you got to be fired up and kind of getting the boys going and it, it just doesn't seem like they have that right now and, and that yeah. falls on him and you know it's something he can certainly learn maybe he is doing it, it just it doesn't appear that way from my couch, at least, which I guess is a statement in and of itself. But that is the appearance that is being given. Um, Travis Zientan is a monster. If they can get him going, though, they have a shot. But if the Broncos have their way, that that's what makes me nervous to bet this game. I'm I'm not ta- I'm not betting the Jags. I don't know if I'm going to bet the Broncos just yet, but I'm yeah. for sure not betting the Jags because I just that secondary for the Broncos is so terrifying to deal with. Yep. All right, Bears. Cowboys line is at nine and a half. This has been on the move down. I believe it opened 10 and a half this week over under 42 and a half. The bears. I mean, who saw that coaching staff putting together an excellent game plan against Bill Belichick in the Patriots? Cause I did not. That was, that's not something we've seen in quite some time from the bears organization. I mean, they completely stumped the entire coaching staff. I mean, they, they destroyed the Patriots. Uh, <laughs> And it made me feel great about our 12-7 victory over the Bears beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, I mean, this is a big spread. Obviously, Dallas clearly the better team. Um, but it's just some of these teams in the NFL, like Dallas, I consider just very ironic because they haven't been this in so long. But in my opinion, they're a very defense-heavy team. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how, you know, that defense handles Justin Fields. If Fields is able to run around, maybe he can actually make some things happen because um, I do think he's going to be on the run a lot. Um, yeah, just but 
something about that Dallas offense. I know they kind of they put up well, 24 points last week, but I don't know how much I trust them to cover nine and a half against, even though I think the Bears are they they've shown to be bad at times, but just what I maybe I'm having a little Monday hangover from that Monday night performance. But yeah, I think I'm gonna go with Bears. Give me nine and a half. Yeah, Justin Fields, this is going to be a scary game for him to try to get out alive. Um, in the NFL right now, he is seeing pressure at a 34.2% rate per dropback, highest in the NFL. Next closest is 29 at Ryan Tannehill. Um, and at the game within the game we talked about last week, Detroit Lions offensive line versus the Cowboys defensive line, are they as good as we think they are because the Lions are a great offensive line? Yeah, they they turned out pretty decent in that game. I thought that that was a good showing for them. Yeah, they're going to get their opportunities here, and more importantly, we're going to get to confirm our bias against Zeke probably at this point because Zeke will be out for this game. So it is the Pollard show. He is going to get full load carry for this. Um, or at least I believe I saw Zeke was out this week. I'm like ninety five percent sure. I should have checked that before. I just uttered it out there. <laughs> There's there is one little. Uh, I haven't looked to see you know what the numbers are, but. I could see this being a Diggs interception game. Just obviously feels he's leading the NFL and off target passes. And, you know, he's going to have moments where he's going to have to rush his passes. So if there's a little uh, Diggs prop wager, I don't hate that. I don't either. I like that call right there as well. Um, it'll be interesting. We're going to get a lot of, it's going to be a lot of confirmation, potentially bias here um, mm -hmm. for our views on this, but yeah, tough, good confidence build on the road in new England. But I, I do think Dallas has this game. Don't really know what to do the spread at this point. It's a little too big probably for me to jump on it. I guess I maybe lean Cowboys, but it's not. It's That's like gun to the head. I got to pick a side. I, I, I think I'll yeah. probably stay away from that game for the most part. Yeah. Saints-Raiders. Lines at one and a half. Raiders are the favorite going into New Orleans over under 49 and a half. And it is officially the Andy Dalton show because Jameis Winston, word is, is healthy enough to play and start and be fine. And yet they are saying, hey, Jameis, why don't you go ahead and take a seat on the bench down there? Andy Dalton show. Can he get a win against the Las Vegas Raiders team that has slowly started to come back from the dead? Not, you know, a great team. We did take the under mm -hmm. in their to season total wins, but they are showing a little bit better the last couple of weeks. How do we see this game going and what kind of dynamics do you like in this one? This is a tough one. I think if this game was in Vegas, I would definitely lean the Raiders. But, you know, you've, you've come into New Orleans – Probably it's tough. It's still tough. You know, it's, it's James coming back. You know, that's <laughs> scary in itself. And one thing this team they need they need to get Alvin Kamara more involved. Uh, maybe this is maybe this is fantasy bias coming out of here. He's got no touchdowns on the year. That's insane to me. Um, just need to get him more involved in the passing game. This is tough. I, I really don't have a lean on this one. It, it's just Raiders at home. I feel like they would definitely win this game. So I'm gonna just probably stick with the Raiders but it's this is one of the toughest games I think on the board for me I agree with that I think if anything this Saints season has once again and we've said this before proven that Sean Payton is an absolute offensive genius which yes even more so brings about the point of like I know Brandon Saylor's a nice guy and a decent coach but if Sean Payton's out there saying that he would consider taking a Chargers job and you have Justin Herbert a young brilliant quarterback who is being absolutely kneecapped by his offensive coordinator and Joe Lombardi how have we not already fired the staff and called Sean Payton because the yeah. proof is in the putting the Saints offense looks miserable without him scheming that offensive side of the ball what are the Chargers doing at this point <laughs> yeah uh, that would be I would do that immediately just make the immediate switch 
Who cares? It's business. <laughs> yeah, it's just business. Nothing personal, Brandon Staley. You seem like a very nice guy. You're getting your feet wet as an NFL coach, but Sean Payton is already, the rumors are out there that he is open to the Chargers job if it became available. Give that man a call now. Yeah, Staley, will, he'll get another job. Maybe not a head coaching job, but he'll get a job. He'll, he'll be get fine. a job. He'll be just fine. And he'll be fine. Lombardi should probably just never coach a, a, a high efficient offense ever again. Um, yeah. That was off topic. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> I think that in the in the you know home field, all home field advantages in the NFL are not created equal. New Orleans certainly has a home field advantage. We'll see how big that is though this year, given the recent non-success. But I like mm-hmm. Andy Dalton as the starter. Little less risk taker than Jameis. Yeah, I probably lean the Saints in that one. The battle of the birds. Well, not birds. Sorry, Panthers and Falcons. God. I'm looking at the board right now, and I just saw the Falcons and then the Eagles in the next game. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, it's the Battle of the Birds. No, 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 no. Two separate games. We're, we're going well on this Thursday. Um, Falcons, Panthers, lines at four. Falcons are the favorite. Over, under 41 and a half. The Walker, Tyler Heineke and Walker just beating first ballot Hilarious. Hall of Fame quarterbacks last week. Two former XFL guys. Um, what are we making of this game? It's a tough game because it's just like these are both two just like not very good teams, but they have shown where they can kind of be good, um, which is kind of like the story of the NFL, obviously. But um, yeah, to me, this is going to be a close game. So, I mean, as long as I have that four there, I'm going with the Panthers. I think it'll probably, I couldn't see it getting any lower than like three. Um, I definitely think it's a game where the Falcons win. I just think they have more talent. They're a little bit more together right now than the Panthers are. Um, and then just, you know, it's, can PJ Walker win two games in a row? I don't know. So yeah, I would lean Falcons minus four. If this was just somehow really move, I'd probably go Panthers, but I think it's probably going to stay around there. Yeah. I, I think that's very fair analysis. I think at three, I'm buying the Falcons at four. I'm staying away from them because it's just, I don't like the four number. I see this a field goal game, close game. We've seen the Falcons yeah, come way down. I mean, just look at their game plan last week against the Bengals. This is a team that was down big, and instead of opening up the pass, which Mariota has shown that he's been competent within this scheme, they just continued to run they, the ball. I, I don't know why they kept doing that. That was the weirdest thing. Like, they just didn't want to win the game. I don't understand it. I'll never understand, like, when, like, you don't trust your quarterback to make the throws. It's just like, well, then what are we doing here? Why are we playing the game? Yeah. Why do we get off the bus today? What? Are, why is he starting? You have another guy that you could be evaluating right now in Desmond Ritter if you don't trust him to go out and throw the ball. Yeah, I'll never understand it. And if he throws an interception, who cares? Like, you're going to lose if you keep running it. Yes. Like, the Bengals are burning you left and right, cutting through you like a knife through hot butter. And you're sitting over here like, nah, let's go with a nice H-back draw. Like, what are we doing with no urgency? And, and no Marcus Mariota has shown that he's been a perfectly capable quarterback within this offense. Yeah, he's not an elite-level guy, but he's shown to be very competent and able to run this offense this year way better than anybody expected. So it, yeah. it just made no sense. Yep. All right, one of the biggest spreads on the board, Steelers, Eagles. Eagles coming off the bye. The line is at 10.5. Eagles are favorite. Over under forty three and a half. We talked about them earlier. The team that just seemingly continues to get better and better from a roster perspective. They're coming yeah. off the bye, getting which was good because the line was starting to get a little banged up. Get an extra week of healthiness. The Steelers 
have been a pretty miserable team overall. I mean, they've got some really nice yeah. playmakers, but the meat and potato of the team has not been holding together. Been a little bit better than probably expected, but still not very good. Can mm. the Steelers cover this number at 10.5 against the Eagles team that is coming off the bye? That's tough to say. I mean, this is obviously a game that I probably will not bet. But, like, if you made me bet, I could see this being, like, a 24-14 game. So, like, I guess I'd, I'd go with the Steelers. But at the same time, like you said, Philly's coming back off of a bye week. You know, that generally is good. It doesn't always work out. Sometimes, you know, that does that can affect an undefeated team. But I, I guess I'd go Steelers with the hook. But you take away that hook, I, I don't know. It might go Eagles. It's very fair. Might be worth buying a point here, folks. Yeah. Um. It, it's interesting because, I mean, the Steelers have been a miserable team. It doesn't really matter. They can't really run the ball at this point. So nope. it's not going to be a non-factor here against the Eagles. And that's the area where you'd have to try to take advantage of the Eagles team because Kenny Pickett is just not equipped, I don't think, to beat this secondary at this point in time. This is one of the best secondaries in the league at this standpoint. Sure, you know, Philly's got some nice pieces in their wide receiver room. Kenny Pickett may develop to be a good quarterback. We're going to kind of wait and see on that one. I don't have the highest of hopes, but we'll see. But at this point, it's just the pieces aren't there offensively. So then you flip the field as well. Secondary's a little banged up, hasn't been playing great. We've got a f an Eagles team that's had an extra week. Like you said, sometimes coming off the bye, you could be a little disjointed, a little less um, rhythm to you. I think the one thing that concerns me for covering this spread is the Eagles have shown this ability to get up big early and then just completely take their foot off the gas and just slow it down to an immense pace. So at 10 and a half with that hook, I am a little bit worried towards a backdoor cover in this game. I do not see a way the Eagles lose this game. Yeah. But the concern is the Eagles have shown this propensity to get up big, take their foot off the gas and let teams come back in to do it. So from a betting standpoint, because that hooks on there, I, I can't in good conscience kind of give out the Eagles pick, I think, at this point in time. Yeah, I agree. Dolphins-Lions over under is at 51.5. Line is set at 3.5. Dolphins are favored. What are you doing with Dan Campbell if you are the, the Lions? What are you doing, I guess, with this franchise at this point? Because if you pay attention to social media, this, it seems to be a, a divide within Lions fanhood if you listen to the Woodward Sports guys, which mm -hmm. is some of the funniest content on the internet because it can be hysterically bad analysis. But they are starting to get the uh, Dan... Uh, fire Dan kind of crowd going. What are you doing with this franchise? Because we knew this was going to be a very big rebuild uh, uptaking, yeah. but where are you going with the lines? Well, I, I like, I think you kind of said it there. The, the, the America's, you know, love fest with Dan Campbell at the hard knocks. That That's over. That's <laughs> <laughs> very yes. over. The lions are, they are a bad football team. I mean, just horrible. They've scored six points in the last two weeks. They needed a bye week like none other. So they got it. Um, but, First, just first looking at this board here, I would go under just because I don't trust the Lions, their offense right now. Um, personally, I think they should probably move on from this staff of just a bunch of former players. I don't think that's ideal. Literally, everyone in that coaching staff used to play in the NFL. And I, you know, obviously they know a lot about football, but still, maybe doesn't maybe always translate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't always translate. Um, so yeah, I would probably move on from this staff. I mean, they could do it now or they could do it at the end of the season. Who knows? Um, but that, that would be my, my thoughts on this team. And then they, they need to address quarterback at some point. Jared Goff obviously is not the answer, but so do a bunch of teams. Everyone needs to address the quarterback. Um, but yeah, they, they need to continue the rebuild, but probably with uh, new coaches, 
maybe new GM. Yeah, maybe a complete just bomb it all again. Who cares? They're always bombing in Detroit anyway. That team, they, I mean, they fired Jim Caldwell. He was the best coach they've ever had. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's what I would yeah. do there. And then looking at this game, yeah, like I said, I, my initial, I'm kind of surprised it's that high just because, you know, these are two teams that have shown they can be high scoring, but recently they haven't really been. So I'm surprised that total at 51 and a half. So my initial reaction is under that. And I know it's in Detroit, Seth's Dome, but still, I'm still going with Dolphins just because this Lions team, they've scored six points in the last two weeks, in the last two games. That's just, that's terrible. Yeah, it's not good. I think from the organizational standpoint of the Lions, I think Brad Holmes is a good piece for your GM and vice president. I like the way he's going about building this team because he f- mm-hmm. he's building it from a good core. Once he's done, he's gotten your offensive line secure. You don't have to worry about the offensive line. So when you do eventually get your quarterback, they're coming into a situation where they're not going to have to play with their hair on fire, dodging live bullets every time getting killed like Justin Fields because they're going to have good protection up front. You've got some nice pieces from a passing game, mm-hmm. running game. Still needs to be upgraded, but a good start. And then defensively, you're starting to build a good defensive line. You need to get some help in the secondary and the linebacking core. But like it, it does seem like the vision, at least, from the front office seems to be in the right direction. You have some picks at home. I'd be interested to see if this this coaching staff makes it to the end of the season. Um, yeah. Mainly because I feel like Dan Campbell's not the guy who's going to want to cut his coaching staff, but it kind of right. feels like you got to make a move because if not, you're probably out the door. Um, if you don't make a move, especially defensively, because that defense has been like Swiss cheese at this point. Um, Miami's interesting. I, I do think they are the side in this one. To your point, the Lions offense has been absolutely miserable. Um, Jared Goff had a nice initial boost in the first part of the season. He's tapered right back off to what we've expected out of his quarterback play and his ability to lead this offense. Miami's lost a little bit of explosiveness. I, I think they get that back here in this game. I think the wide receiver court eats in this one. I do like Miami. I don't hate the under like you proposed there at all. At all. Alrighty, Cardinals Vikings lines at three and a half. Vikes are the favorite over under 48 and a half. And we saw some life out of the Arizona Cardinals for the first time all season. And I guess it shouldn't have been that surprising. We know that Hopkins is a phenomenal wide receiver, has been Kyle Murray's absolute crutch since being in Arizona. The production of Kyle Murray drops off the cliff as soon as Hopkins isn't on the field. Getting him back was huge, but they are facing a Vikings team, which is arguably the second-best team in the NFC, a very good football team. Can the Vikings hold off the Cardinals in Minnesota in arguably the best, one of the best home-field advantages in all of professional football? Yeah, I mean, you said it. The Vikings, 1 p.m., nice dome, nice air-conditioned dome. They are a phenomenal team i feel pretty good taking them three and a half here and if someone if some crazy reason to drop the three i'd be all over it um but yeah either way i feel pretty good about it yeah the cardinals they did show they showed some life last week kyler murray screaming at his coach he's showing some emotion <laughs> kingsbury kind of judge you um just let them yeah. scream at you on national television but whatever um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, getting getting Hopkins back is huge for that team. I do think that they will you'll see a much better Cardinals team than we have seen, at least at least for a little bit. Then they'll probably sputter again and it'll be a disaster again. Um, but this game here, you said Vikings at home. It, it, they just roll when they're at home. I like them here at three and a half. This might be one of my favorite games on the board, honestly. Yeah, I've already bet the the Vikings 
wish there wasn't the hook, but I took the Vikings yeah. as a bet on this one. You know, coming off, they were on by last week. Yeah, they were on by last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is about the time where we start to see defenses figure out Cliff Kingsbury in this offense. There is a very stark difference in production mm-hmm. value from the Cardinals. It was the same thing at Texas A&M when he was there. He just doesn't adjust his offense really at all as the season progresses. And you've got the Vikings coming off a bye here. Sure, Hopkins is a, is a big juice, but I think that's the reason we're seeing this line at three because if he wasn't on the field, this line would be much bigger. Um, mm-hmm. He is worth a couple points to the point spread at this point due to his, his value and production yeah. to this offense. And so that scares me right off the bat with the Cardinals is the Vikings have had an extra week to prepare on the bye week get a good pl- game plan, and I have much more faith in that. And then offensively, the fear is always what kind of Kirk you're going to get. It's not a primetime game. That's good. It's another week to kind of get used to the new system, work with the coaching staff on what you like, you don't like. Sometimes that can be a bad thing. I think that's going to be a good thing here. I do like the Vikings. I've already bet on that is a bet I've placed this week. So, yeah. All right. New York Jets versus the New England Patriots. Line is at two and a half, over under 40 and a half. Patriots are favored. And my question to you is, is the party over for the New York Jets this this season? Yep, done. It's over. <laughs> I hope that kid got enough ice cream because uh, I don't know yeah. if he's going to get a lot more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that. I mean, the Jets, they clearly had realized they needed to be the Brees Hall show. And tragically, he went down, um, I, which is really a bummer because I loved watching. He was a beast. Yes, he um, was. Yeah, so he'll come back and he'll be good. But Zach Wilson is not ready to, you know, put this thing on his shoulders. Um, honestly, as crazy as it sounds, if it gets real, you know, if they drop a couple, do you bring Joe Flacco back? I, I, you read my mind. We've been doing this so long. I was my next follow-up question was, at what point do we bail on the Zach Wilson show? Because it feels like we're getting to that breaking point. With the record they have, you got to take advantage of this situation here. So. I don't hate the idea of trying it out if it gets real ugly with Zach Wilson after a game or two, which I think it possibly could. Um, so, yeah, and then you look at the Patriots. I mean, we, I don't know. What the hell are they doing? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm kind of surprised by the line. This seems like to me just like such a pick em. Um, But I guess I'd go Patriots, but not not confidently at all. <laughs> yeah, like if, you, if you're a money line better and you don't, you know, mind – the bad juice that you're taking money line yeah. Patriots is, feels like a pretty safe bet at this point, two yeah. and a half. I don't love it, but I like it more than three and I'd love it more at one. Um, yeah, the party's over for the jets. I mean, yeah. the hall yeah. show that man was running out of his cleats every game. Cause that offensive line production now to their credit, they are very banged up on that offensive line. So what that team could be if they had a healthy offensive line, could be drastically different but what hall was able to do was incredible and i just don't i like carter i liked him in college he's an electric back but i don't he's not a feature back so uh, i lose that and then you look at the jets as a whole a lot of young exciting talent and it does feel like we're getting to the point where we can truthfully say you've been there since day one i am getting there that zach wilson is what's going to hold this team back yeah He's got a lot of natural athletic talent, but it just doesn't seem to be converting to the NFL whatsoever. Um, And that's going to be a decision they have to make quickly here because 
The NFL is a physical game. It's a tough game. You see the injuries pile, starting to pile up. That happens every year. You've got a good young core. You want to maximize that while they're on rookie deals, both defensively and offensively. you got to get the quarterback situation right. So I, I'm with you. I think things start to go ugly here. It's it's time to pull the plug and start to, to look at new plans. Patriots yep. side, I, I think Mac Jones will be a little bit better. Um <laughs> Tough, tough situation to come into. I probably rushed him back a little too too early there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do think he'll have a little bit better success. They'll control the game by running the ball defensively. They'll be just fine. I, I do like the Patriots in this spot. Yeah. All righty. I don't have a lot on this next one. Titans, Texans. Lions at two and a half. Texans are the or Titans are the favorite. Over under forty and a half. Titans seem to be getting a nice new stadium. Saw that <laughs> that coming out. I mean it. Saw the joke too. It looks like a little bit like a top golf place, and uh, I don't disagree with that take either. Um, I don't have a ton on this game. I, I don't really know what to make of this. I, it feels. I think I'm being stupid and not thinking about this and just saying bet the Titans here. But I just, I, I just don't have a lot on this one. If we're being completely yeah, honest, I'm kind of with you. This is kind of one of those spreads actually where I looked at and was kind of like, huh. I mean, yeah, I, I think this is. You don't really need to overthink this and take the Titans. They'll. They'll win by a field goal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know why the spread's two and a half. <laughs> that's a very good point. All right. Well, that does it for that one. We'll make it quick and easy for you, folks. Yeah. A much yeah. more interesting game at the 430 spot. Giant yeah. Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks are favored. Minus three over under 44 and a half. This game presents some very interesting matchups. Um, the Giants, a surprising team so far. Can they keep rolling like they have been, or is this kind of a stopping point, a little speed bump in their their season journey? The Giants, yeah, like we've been through it. They are just such a perplexing team, and you know they're in the same division as my team. But my hatred for Philly and Dallas has always been so much stronger than it has <laughs> been for the Giants. Like I really almost kind of like this Giants team. Like, like how are they doing this? Like, <laughs> it's a very good question. <laughs> it's so bizarre. Um, they just keep winning, and it's like like part of me is really wants to take them on the money line here but then another part of me is like traveling all the way over to seattle like that's that's a that's big um so i think i'd take them on the spread i'm tempted to take them on the money line but i i, I don't really i don't have the the guts to do that right now but i wouldn't be surprised they just they keep winning they keep finding ways to win dable has completely coached turnovers out of daniel jones it's unbelievable i don't know how he's done it but he has um and it's gonna be interesting with the giants too at the end of this season with daniel jones um so yeah I, i'd go with them on the spread really want to take him on the money line but i don't think i can do it and this, i'd probably go under <laughs> yeah this is one of those games where travel does start to become part of the handicap because the giants have yeah. had a rough traveling schedule i mean they just went down to jacksonville now they're having to fly out to the west coast and play a 4 30 game it's a one they've been to game. london yep been to London like this is where the body is starting to feel the effects in that and I think in that rehab room um, up there in New York so that becomes part of the handicap for sure another part mm -hmm. of the handicap is Daniel Jones which I had talked about preseason we had discussed about if anybody's going to get the most out of him if we're going to get the best evaluation of Daniel Jones it's Dable because of what he was able to do mm -hmm. with Josh Allen who everybody knows the product now but when Josh Allen came into the league he was this big physical guy who could run and throw the ball a thousand miles but he had a lot of things he had to work on. Dable was able to work those kinks out. Now, Daniel Jones, not as good of a skill set, but a similar type of deal. Big, strong guy, can throw the ball decently, got wheels on him. Still seeing a very high level of pressure and stepping up and, and dealing with that very well. 
The key, though, to this giant success is the Barkley Show, which we both called for <laughs> preseason, that it is going to be the Barkley Show 101 all the time. It's either going to work well or they're just going to burn him to the ground, one of the two, and it's work. His root violation has been immaculate this season. Yeah, unbelievable. He, there's just, I mean, just kind of going a little bit off topic, but some running backs right now are playing out of their minds. Josh Jacobs, Daquan oh, Barkley, Jacobs, Josh Jacobs, we didn't talk about it when we talked about the Raiders game. He's playing out of his mind. That man. He, oh, my God. It, it's a contract year. It's going to be interesting because, you know, he's a running back. What's going to happen? I mean, do they franchise him? I feel like that's so dirty to franchise a running back out of all positions. Yep. But, man, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him. After the season he's getting you, he puts them in the worst type of spots because somebody's <laughs> going to pay him money. Somebody's going to make the mistake. Yep. And it sucks to say because we yep. know, though, at this point, the sample size is out. Paying running backs big contracts does not work out. But man, his ear in that dollar. I mean, yeah. it's the season he's having is incredible. And feels like going under the radar through bit, the yeah. national media for sure. Yeah. Um, another guy though turned his entire career around. I don't think a single soul in the world thought Geno Smith would be having the battle he's he, or having the career he's having. And the fact that he had a battle in training camp, how good is Drew Locke now that he's out of Denver? Because how was that a battle in training camp this season based on the season that Geno's having? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Like, should, should teams be inquiring on Drew Locke? Like, what, what's going on? Um, yeah, because Geno knows the offense, and he's playing awesome right now. Yeah, yeah it's like a week before the season, Pete Carroll was like, yeah, we still have an open quarterback battle, and then we see what Geno's done so far in this season. It's like, how in the world was Drew Locke competing with this guy? This man has been playing unreal football top tier this year it's crazy i know um but yeah that's the key to the success here for the giants they have to be able to run the ball if if it becomes if they can't run the ball and it becomes entirely on daniel jones with the banged up weapons he has on offense i just don't know that they have enough juice to stay with this seahawks because the seahawks are going to get their points in this game kenneth walker monster geno smith monster dj metcalf monster i mean the whole team just monsters right now kenneth walker is a monster oh my god (laughs) unreal dude he is electric unreal Great fantasy pickup on my part <laughs> for yeah, my leagues. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's talk about your commanders. Arguably the surprise of the week for most, but we we were on this show and very honest. If anybody could do it, Tyler Heineke could go out there and he could just yeah. win you with the fuck it attitude. Um, yep. Going out there, beating the Packers. They're playing the miserable Colts who have now benched Matt Ryan. Poor Matt Ryan in the way his career is whimpering off. The line is three. Colts are favored in Indianapolis. Another good home field advantage over under 39 and a half. One, you got to be feeling good after last week. And does that carry yeah. over to this week? I think with someone like Taylor Heineke playing, it does just because he's got the moxie and everything about him. This is, I mean, not that the commanders are not a good team and everything, but I'm kind of surprised that we're dogs by three in this just because Matt Ryan's benched. Um, obviously, that could go either way. I mean, you, you've seen it where like no one's really seen a quarterback play and they come out and it's like, shit, we don't even know how to like defend this guy. And he is mobile. Ellinger's mobile. Um, he was okay in college. So we'll see what happens. Um, but one crazy thing is we gave up zero third down conversions to Aaron Rodgers last week. Insane. <laughs> That's insane. This defense has just, just completely 180 after the first two weeks. And, you know, everyone was on the fire Jack Del Rio train. And then all of a sudden he deletes social media and the defense is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> kind of ironic how that happened. But um, so, yeah, I like us here at three and this is crazy. I almost like us on the money line, but I'm not going to go that crazy just because, you know, that would be three in a row for us, and I don't see that happening. 
Yeah, it's tough. Um, but it's something we've talked about with the Colts. Their offensive line historically has been great this year, though, is having a down year. You bring in Sam Ellinger. I, mm-hmm. We talk about it all the time. That backup quarterback that has that fuck it mentality is one of the most dangerous quarterbacks in the league, but he just his skill set doesn't, I think, lend itself well to what the Colts want to do offensively whatsoever. Um, right. Yeah. yeah, and we've seen the Commanders' defense come a little bit along. Like you said, great game against, even though the Packers are having a very down year, yeah. which we'll talk about in a little bit, it's still incredibly impressive what they were able to do. Aaron Rodgers, who's a Hall of Fame ballot, first first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback, still got oozes talent out of him. Um so yeah, it's it's certainly impressive. I love Tyler Heineke. I love what he brings to the table. I'm with you. I, I think I'd follow you right in there with the Commanders. Yeah, one one other thing I really want to add is funny is I could have saved the Colts forty five million dollars. I could have told him that Ryan was <laughs> Dunzo, Dunzo. He was Dunzo last year. All he had to do was watch him. I mean, he's great career, borderline Hall of Famer, but. That was not a good move. <laughs> you were the one of the first people to point out when he went statue on us in the pocket and just had zero mobility. And then last year we're ringing the bell, the arm talent's going, and here we are now. <laughs> yeah, it could have saved them a lot of money, and I would have just taken 1% of it. We need to start a consulting firm, an NFL consulting firm to save these. Like we, I could hire, do the college coaches one and save universities yeah. millions upon millions on coaches, hire like Jimmy Lake in Washington. That deal was blah. <laughs> Those of us that sit on couches, we have a different perspective of the game. I mean, it is consulted. the Emmanuel Achos who have are just firing off some of the worst takes I've seen. If we had a worst take award, he'd be winning it this week with his continued <laughs> hatred for Justin Herbert. But those guys were like, well, yeah. I played the game. I know more. <laughs> we got a different yeah. perspective, but I, I like our views right now on this. <laughs> yep. <laughs> takes a, it takes somebody for coming from outside the industry to disrupt the industry. You know, we're not yep. indoctrinated through playing the game at the highest level. But, yeah, I'm with Absolutely. you. All right, 49ers Rams over under 42. 49ers come into this as a favorite in Los Angeles at one and a half. They will probably be the home team, even though they're away just due to the crowd size. Yep. Kyle Shanahan has absolutely had Sean McVay's number in this. I know they got the better of them in the playoffs, but over their history, Kyle Shanahan has just owned him. Schematically, they've just beaten him to a pulp. Yeah, The Rams are struggling. A lot of stars on the team, but it's the other guys that fill out the roster that have been, you know, if you can isolate their stars and go after the kind of the pawns on the board, this is a very, very beatable team as we've shown. Do the Rams have enough juice to compete with a 49ers team that got beat up by the Chiefs but is getting healthier and healthier week after week? And this presents probably, a, I know it presents a way more favorable matchup than what the Chiefs were presenting. Yeah, it's, this is an interesting game just because the Niners, you know, they're three and four. They're not a great team right now. Um, but obviously they have that, that history, Kyle Shanahan, just that history of beating this team. So I'm probably going to go with, with them on that, but we've said it before. I think we, we think Kyle Shanahan is a, you know, he's a great football mind, Yes, but he's, he's, he has like a four, the 0.477 winning percentage. I mean, it'll be interesting if he, finishes this season with another losing record that'll be like two winning seasons out of six seven maybe i don't even know at this point so that's just something i've just you know, kind of just been paying attention to but um 
the Rams, yeah, they're, they're getting some players back. I do think Van Jefferson's coming back. I think that could help that offense a lot um, down the line, not necessarily right when he comes back, but he will have, you know, they need someone else to be able to stretch the field. They need that badly. But just based on the history and the Niners just kind of always going and beating this team, I'm going with San Francisco here. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan for has an incredible ability when playing the Rams to neutralize Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, and the other kind of stars and just pick apart the other guys that are just on the roster. He's done it year after year with this team. I know they got the better of them in the playoff, but like he just, he's able to scheme it up against this team. And then defensively they're, they're able to, to kind of know what Sean McVay is going to throw at them and be prepared for it. And we've seen this Rams offense struggle without that guy that can really stretch the field. You know, Odell is in the wings. He gets a little bit healthier here. They might be able to pick him up on a discount here in a couple weeks when he's actually able to play. That would help him. Getting Van Jefferson back, like you said, is definitely going to be an ad. We'll see if he's really a factor, though, in this game. Um, So, yeah, I go 49ers for the bet. I'm going to bet them at one and a half. I like their chances. But it's a great point you bring up with Kyle Shannon. We know without a doubt that offensive mind-wise, he is one of the best the league has yeah. to offer. But there is a question, and yeah, some of it, you know, there is the context that this 49ers team has struggled to stay healthy over the years, but still, a lot of teams, it's football. You got to get through that. And this is going to be an important year because of the way the NFC landscape is is shaping up to be. If the 49ers can't make a run at this, and I, I think they can as long as they can get healthy, they can't make a run at it. I think questions have to start be asking, is, is Kyle Shannon maybe just an offensive coordinator guy and not a head coach? <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting. And then one of the things that I think the, the Rams are doing that's kind of bizarre, you see it in the NBA, you don't really see it in the NFL, them shutting down Cam Akers for like potentially trading him was just a very bizarre decision. I, like They don't really have much running back depth. I don't know why they did that. Nope. I, it must no be idea. something going on. I don't know. It's just very bizarre. Yep. 100% agree with that one. All right. Packers-Bills Sunday night. Bills are coming after off a bye to absolutely pumble the Green Bay Packers on national TV on Sunday, but the number is 10 and a half over under 47 and a half. I don't think the Packers have a prayer to win this game. So the question now becomes, do they have a prayer or the ability to, to cover 10 and a half? And if not, what is your diagnosis as to why this team is struggling so much? Um, so I do not think they can cover this giant spread just because they i mean they had a last minute touchdown against washington washington almost covered this spread against green bay so uh, and just from what i watched and we've been we've seen a lot from the packers this year first of all aaron jones is their best wide receiver um just they should just send him out on routes all day um because they have no one to throw the ball to i mean they dropped the ball Rogers, Rogers, he gets rid of the ball in one second. I mean, he he doesn't hold on to the ball like he used to. They don't have any developing downfield plays anymore. Um, yeah, so they should just pretty much send they should send Aaron Jones out on routes. Um, it sounds like Alan Lazard isn't going to play. Rogers likes Lazard, especially when it comes to throwing touchdown passes. So that's going to be tough. Um, yeah, I I just this team is they don't have an identity really. Um, I, they just, they're not. They're not very good. I don't think they're going to be able to cover the spread. I think Buffalo is going to crush them, which is unfortunate because this should be a good game. And then one quick side note, it's just like we are seeing so many of these older quarterbacks go, just Rodgers, we'll see about Brady, Matt Ryan, and then just their careers are ending kind of tragically. And then just quickly bouncing over to the NBA, LeBron James. I mean, what is happening? <laughs> it's sad. We're losing a decade here. Yeah, These legends are just fair they're looking real ugly at the end here. And I think Rogers, I, I don't see the Packers. I could see the Bucks getting it together. 
I don't think I could see the Packers getting this thing together. Yeah, the biggest difference, because people have been making a comparison to the Pack- Packers, obviously Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, very similar. But the biggest difference is there's a giant cat talent gap between what the Bucks yes. have to offer and what the Packers have to offer. And I think he hit it perfectly. I don't think there's a whole lot of trust in the offensive system for Aaron Rodgers. We, he has the quickest release time right now in the NFL. Um, he's dealing with the eighth most drops in the NFL right now. He doesn't have a lot of trust in his wide receivers. David Bartiari, his best friend and most reliable offensive lineman, has been banged up. Another, you know, we talk about the example and great guys that bet on themselves and pay out well. Bakhtiari is a guy who did, said, nope, I'm taking my money now. Screw betting on myself. And that is paid dividends because that man has not yeah. been healthy since signing his extension. Um, yeah. I feel bad for the guy, but the offensive line isn't there. You have zero talent at wide receiver. Jones is your best attribute, and you don't seem to be using him week to week in any fashion that makes any form of sense. I mean, he is no. the most talented player, arguably on the field at times, and you don't seem to be scheming it up for him the majority of the time, which seems baffling so it's just a mixture of a lot of bad things no trust in the offensive system for Aaron Rodgers the scheme is really bad and it just lacks talent yeah and not you know not that this is very surprising but Rodgers is taking zippy responsibility oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like well gotta try new guys I guess these guys just aren't cutting us <laughs> okay <laughs> you're not playing great either yeah, no no just like it's not all left which is fault Brady has responsibility in there yeah. But like, <laughs> like, same thing. I, I do think it falls more on the coaching staff and the front office for what they've done, but there is responsibility on Aaron Rodgers' shoulders here for this this epic failure this season. And then yeah. the defense, I mean, they built that defense with the philosophy of we're going to be playing with leads, teams are going to have to throw on us, and they built it to, to sustain leads. And so when they're not playing with a lead, that defense just gets shredded. <laughs> yeah, they just get run all over. Yeah, and now you're facing a Bills team coming off a bye. They're going to have some wrinkles in their game plan. They're probably going to throw some stuff at you that you can't haven't seen on tape yet. They're going to scheme mm-hmm. some things. It's it's going to be a rough primetime show on Sunday night. Yeah, I think so. All right, Bengals, Browns. This game has become much more interesting due to some injury news. As we talked about, Jamar Chase is out four to six weeks, and then the Bengals are going to be missing their most effective defensive weapon. The line is at three and a half, over under 45 and a half. The Browns do seem like they are similar to the Bucks at a season breaking point. If things can't break well here, pack it up and go home. Do yeah. the Browns have a shot on Monday night in Cleveland to cover this number or to win against the Bengals team that was resurging, but with some injury news, is in some hot water? Yeah, I think I do think the Bengals are they could be in a little bit of trouble, but I still think they can win this game. Um, it's probably a game that I am gonna wait to bet until like Monday, praying that it goes down to three, because then I feel real good. That hook though does that definitely scares me a good bit. But I don't know. The Browns have really been struggling. Um Jacoby Brissett, he's kind of regressing, obviously, um, the more he plays. And it's just it's like we said, it's another lost season for this team. So I kind of think they'll they'll still go down if it doesn't move and it stays at three and a half i'll probably still take the Bengals just because i you know i can't have a monday night game and just not have any action so i will go Bengals, but um i'd love it to go down to three so this is something we've been talking about this is a betting point we gave out last week courtesy of warren sharp who turned me on to this and then as you look at it more and more it becomes more and more imperative how this is a theme that as betters you know we try to give you something here that you can take home and start to look at the Bengals' second half are just a night and day difference yeah. team-wise. They come out and make insane 
adjustments. Defensively, most importantly, they make crazy adjustments. So far in the last 13 quarters, the Bengals have let up a total of 22 points. It goes 0, 0, 0, 3, 7, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 3, 3, 3, 3, 0. Last game. So crazy. When you look at them half to half, they are, from a defensive standpoint, the number two best defense in the second half when it comes to points allowed. 3.6 total points allowed in the second half. They are dead last in first half points. They give up the most. Let me just make sure I have that correctly here. But I've, Or they're second to dead last, I think. It's just a completely different team half to half. Um, so that is something that you want to be looking at, I think, from a betting perspective. Something to keep an eye on, an opportunity potentially for you to go ahead and do that and take advantage of that. I'm getting that number right now. Or I apologize, they're not as bad. They're fourth last. They give up 14.6 points in the first half compared to 3.6 in the second half, which is number two least amount of points. Only the Buffalo Bills are ahead of them. So the adjustments are there. Good second half team to bet here. That's where I'll probably look to make a wager, see how the game is going, see what the numbers look like in the live bet. Um, but yeah, I just, I'm just i going to wait to see what this offense looks like without Jamar Chase because I, I just don't have a lot of faith in Zach Taylor. And I, I can't put my money there until I see what they're going to look like schematically without him. Yeah, yeah, I, I, it's tough, too, for sure. All righty. Anything else before we uh, wrap this up? No, I mean, tough board, but I, I like some of them are tough, man. But, like, my favorite is probably, probably the Dolphins. Yeah. I don't know. I'll blame yeah. you. Yeah. I don't love the board, but I got the Dolphins locked in already. I got the Vikings locked in. I like the Pats. Yeah, Vikings. Probably. I, I, I've I, got the 49ers locked in. Those are the three. And Titans. Titans, I yeah. mean, that's, that's our, like, <laughs> such a no-brainer that I, I don't even think about it. Don't, don't think about a game of the week. That's what we're going in. <laughs> uh, all righty. That'll do it for us. Happy betting, and as always, peace. Boom.